Hello, listeners. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers online therapy, which is something I have personally benefited from and believe in. Online therapy is a tool I have used to talk things through with the therapists that are difficult before I handle talking them out with whoever is intimidating me at the moment. Turns out I am easily intimidated, but online therapy has helped me work through it. BetterHelp can help you too, because I know for me, keeping things bottled up has had a negative effect on my life and just weighed me down. When I prioritize letting it out and letting go, I feel freer, lighter, just basically better. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clink today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clink. Listeners, I know we all love to clink clink, but maybe you're looking to clink clink and cut back. You know what I mean? Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? Well, recess is a great tool to assist you because recess mocktails are 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, sweetened with agave, infused with functional ingredients, and they taste just like your favorite cocktails, just without the alcohol. I love the recess Paloma because I love the ritual of pouring myself a lovely drink to unwind. I love doing that every night. I think it's essential. Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails is my go-to to go chill. So get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash clink. And you too can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Clink, clink. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, white wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like white wine, true crime, and in bed by nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are housewives of true crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. We have a real fun episode today, don't we, Gretchy? Yeah. Fun. Our, actually, it's not fun at all. It's it's fun. It's serial killer fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, before we get into the Canadian serial killer fun... I want to tell everybody right now, because I'm looking at Gretchen face to face, it's almost like we're in the same room, but we're not. I know. I'm afraid that she's so used to this now that she's never going to want to be in the same room with me again. Well, it might be true. She's like, maybe you don't need to come (laughs) over here and eat my snacks and drink my K-cups. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) No, you could come over. But I did say to Gretchen right now, her face is looking real good besides the little scars that she has from her crazy mole shit. Yeah. But other than that, you look real fresh. Well, I worked out and washed my face. 
It looks good. Yeah, thanks. No Botox needed. Well, yeah, and four days sober. Oh, it might be all of that. That might not be all of it. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Yeah, damn it. I know. I hate that it, like, the alcohol, kicking the alcohol is actually really good for your appearance. It is. I know. Yeah. And staying out of the sun. I know. But the sun just came out, so I am going oh, to God be. Oh, God bless it. Getting my vitamin D this weekend for shizzle. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Gretchen, we spoke, I think it was on our bonus or one of our episodes the other day. I had just taken out my Invisalign because you don't like when I have it in when we record. Right. Have a little lisp. Yeah, you sound stupid and it looks dumb. <laughs> well, you can't even tell now. <laughs> too far away. And so anyways, I took it out real quick, put it on the counter, which is, I know, gross, but my dog hopped up and fucking ate it gross my, my last tray from Which Invisalign one? pepper I feel like it was pepper oh so I came out I was like I grabbed it it was in their dog bed all chewed up I'm like who did this and then pepper gets like down like oh, ah, oh it was me, me. It was I'm me. naughty yeah yeah, so that was balls to the walls because, like I told you, my orthodontist is like MIA right now. So I got to figure out how to get new trays sent over, which is fine. I need to go to the next level of trays. Um, yeah. I just need to do it right now. I did actually, you'd be so proud of me this morning. You've been telling me I should maybe do a telemedicine. Yes. Whatever. Yeah, I called today. They're not. They're not doing it. Are you freaking kidding me? No, they're not doing it. They're only taking, you know, like actual, uh, you have to be like pregnant or having a medical emergency to well, go to the guy now. Go to a different doctor. Mm-hmm. I have one t- for you. I'll get you right on that. What are you drinking? I'm just going to wait it out. I'm drinking some of that um, $20 skinny tea. Oh, I actually kind of need you to talk me off a ledge right now because I just saw all the cutest clothes on this website called Lurosi. Oh, I that sounds like it's not going to be good. Right. It's probably made in China. Yeah, it's not. And I'm good. like, oh, my gosh, that looks so cute. And it would so motivate me to get skinny if I had some cute clothes. Did it have was there like tie dye sweatsuit? Because that's like all I've been yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 There is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Part of it, it's to me, it's like, is it the clothes that are cute or is it the girl that the clothes are on? Both. But I'm like, wherever they really sell these clothes, can I buy them from that person? I just really like the clothes. But I know that's never what you actually get. No, you don't get that. I don't think you're going to get that at all. Okay. Okay. I think buying on the Instagram ads is not a good idea right now. I just. I know. I can't. I want to every single time I see one of those tie dye sweatsuits like that would look real cute on me. But listen, I have no business buying anything right now. Anyways, none at all. Maybe you just need to buy some new underwear. Oh, I know. Uh, Listen, I have a bunch of underwear. It just doesn't fit. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, hopefully it's going to fit soon because you're on your lady's edge. You're going on five weeks. This is the fifth week, girlfriend. You think? I think it is your fifth week. Mm, I'm not counting it. I think I'm giving myself another week to make it a month because the first like two weeks, the workouts were, you know, almost sporadic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because because I was so sore. Yeah. I'm going now I'm like sore in a good way. Yeah, I love that sore. Yeah. I am going on week three. Yeah. And then I've been finding these YouTube videos for kickboxing and I freaking love it. Like I am two 30 minute workouts a day. You could break it up. You could pause it. It's good and it's free. Yeah. Tabitha is, I know she does send me some, like, you know, I do my own thing. Tabitha is going to track me with the Apple watch. And I'm so excited because I can't wait to prove to her. I'm not like actually a total sloth. Yes. I sent her the Apple watch yesterday. (laughs) You guys. Oh my God. Okay. So I haven't been out of my freaking car. You know, I drive to Target and I drive to Whole Foods. They put the bags in the car. Yeah. I had to get out of the car for the first time ever to go to FedEx in this whole craziness. Yeah. My first mistake was I wore my inside shoes to FedEx. I forgot to change them because I have indoor workout shoes that I wear around the house all day because my feet hurt if I'm barefoot all day. So I have, I bought my, I bought them, cutest Nikes. Then I go outside and I switch my shoes. I forgot to switch them. Then the lady at FedEx starts sneezing all over the fucking place. And I about had a freaking heart attack. Okay. I'm like, really, even one of the guys that worked there that was like bringing stuff out to the truck, like he doesn't actually work in the store. He just like picks up the packages. He like looks up. He's like, who just sneezed? I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> like everybody's on high alert, right? I know, but it makes, it's so depressing. And then I got home, and I noticed I wore my inside shoes there. And then I'm like, oh my god, now they're contaminated. So yeah. I ended up washing them in the washing machine with the detergent, which President Trump said, yeah, that's is you know a killer of the bacteria. The virus. <laughs> yeah, I know. I watched the whole thing. I was so hopeful, but then it's like so. I don't know how we're gonna get back to normal, yo. I know that's what my husband keeps saying because I keep like thinking like, oh, you know, they say that this is gonna lift on the fifteenth. He's like, are you serious? And then he sent me an article today saying that Hawaii is paying people to leave. They are? Yeah. They're like, the the tourism office that used to pay people to come to Hawaii, they're paying people to leave Hawaii. Like all the tourists, they don't want them coming. Why? Why don't they want them coming? Because they don't want the virus. They oh, want, yeah. They want it to be totally eliminated from their islands, which I get. I mean, that's easy to eliminate, right? Get everybody out. Don't have anybody come in. Done. Happy anniversary, I think. To what? I think the podcast. I know we said it was before, but something came up on my Facebook today. It was like an anniversary of our little mugshot picture. Yes. So I think that it is our Facebook anniversary. You think it was today? I thought it was the 8th. No? It could have been. Okay. Well, shoot. Happy anniversary month for sure. Mm -hmm. And Facebook 
for sure is our one year anniversary. Oh, that's so sweet. You know what came up on my phone the other day, Gretchen? I took a picture of it because I wanted to send you. There was a picture that Gretchen and I took on her boat when she lived on a boat. Do you remember that, Gretchen? I remember living on the boat. Yeah. Tell them how big your boat was that you lived on. It was 32 feet. 32 feet. Bow to stern. It was small. Yeah, it was a small boat. I mean, it was big. It was a big boat, but small to live on. I mean, can you guys imagine living in 32 feet? Gretchen can. Yeah, I can. But I went there and we were laying out one day and I took a picture of our toes. I'm going to, I'm going to post it. Oh, you you should post. I love that picture. And it said it was 11 years ago. Oh my God. Can you believe it? I'm going to post that picture so you guys can see. Yeah, I missed the boat. I loved my little, listen, boat people are my people. I mean, I, you know, I don't like people. I loved my boat people. I had like the coolest, you know, crazy neighbors. I still talk to. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Boat people are fun. Okay. So guys, this week's episode is actually awesome because Gretchen does it. And I love the way that Gretchen tells a story. It took Gretchen down a real dark place, which she doesn't like going, especially in the corona, about a serial killer. But we did it because we were on, which you guys probably already know, Jillian Barbary's podcast, and she wanted to discuss this serial killer from Canada. And at the end of this episode, we are going to play you a bit of the episode that we did with Jillian And it was a real fun episode to do with her. And so you guys can hear us kind of just chit-chatting about what it was like because she lived it. She lived there in Canada when it was happening and she recalls all of it. And she's very familiar with the case. Yeah. Listen, it's not like I haven't done dark cases before because I have, but just maybe not during the Rona. But I would have to say, I'll admit, I, I really liked it. I'll do another serial killer. I'll do another dark one. I mean, it's it's very distracting and very, I'm all in. Yeah, I, I know. I like that. Yeah, so I dug it. So it pushed me a little out of my comfort zone maybe, but I'm in. You dug it, but she yeah, definitely wanted to tell the story quickly. She's like, I got to get this off. Like I can't do any more research because it's like, you got in your head a little bit. Yeah, it does get in your head. It, and then I, yeah. Then you decompress it all. We call it brain dumping. Yeah, Yeah, then I brain dump it and then it's okay. Everybody always asks us, they're like, how do you do these things and then keep going to sleep at night? And then I'm like, well, actually, it does build up in my head until I tell the story. And then after I tell the story, I kind of just like, it it goes away. Yeah. It's like, on to the next. Yeah. Yeah. So here it is, guys. Today, I'm going to tell you about a couple of kids people have referred to as the Ken and Barbie of Canada. Canada. Our neighbors to the north. What do they say? Oi? Or they have some sort of I. A. 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 Yeah. A. What's up, Canada? Okay. These kids were called, named, whatever, Carla Homolka 
and Paul Bernardo. Heard of them? No. In 1987, when these two met, Paul was a 23-year-old successful accountant who you would say was good-looking. Oh, my type, huh? Look like he's that your cop type. You told me about. He's closer to that cop I told you about. He's your type. He's not my type at all. Tall, dark, handsome. He's got sharp features. Oh, I like I don't sharp like features. Those. I don't like that. Carla was 17. And it, by the way, it's Carla with a K, which I don't oh. really like the name Carla, but I kind of like Carla with a K. Anything with a K is better. That's why I named my kids. K is cute, yeah, cute, right? Okay. Carla was 17 when they met and she was banging. And I mean that pretty literally tab. She had some serial 80s bangs going on. Okay. Okay. And she was hot, <laughs> hot with bangs. Oh, yeah. Okay. All of it. All right. She was a popular girl in high school, and she also worked at a veterinarian's office. Impressive, right? Yeah. Yeah. She was real into it, I guess. She even attended some vet conference in Scarborough, which is about 50 miles from her hometown. She was there out at a restaurant when a friend walked in with Paul and the two were immediately drawn to each other. They ended up doing it that very night. Mm -hmm. From that point on, it was on like dysfunctional Donkey Kong. Okay. Got it. Carla was Paul's dream girl. In the past, he hadn't had a lot of luck with the ladies because he tended to get a little too rough. He was real into... Things like choking them oh. and calling them names like slut, cunt, whore. Wait, while he was having sex with him? Mm-hmm. Fun, right? Sounds fun. You know, that's not actually a turn on for most ladies. <laughs> Definitely not in my book. <laughs> I think most women like to feel safe and not demeaned during sex, but some women are into that sort of thing. And Carla was one of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. But she was missing one quality that Paul is a real stickler for. And that was that she was not a virgin when she met him. Okay. Okay. So a little backstory on Paul. You might conclude from what little I have told you so far that it sounds like he might have some issues with females. And that is true. From what I can gather, Paul's issues stem from his father being abusive sexually and physically, which led to his mother actually moving into the family basement. I'm not sure if this was her choice or her imprisonment. I don't, I don't know. But there was a lot of turmoil in the family and all of it screwed Paul up. And in the midst of all of this turmoil in his formative years, Paul developed a little hobby of being a peeping Tom. Oh, gross. Yeah. He was busted a couple of times, even by police officers. So it sounds like it was more than a little hobby. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that was like, <laughs> can be considered a hobby at all. Maybe. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. So he never had any repercussions for it. They just blew him off as like, oh, look at this good looking, smart, young, white boy. You know, he's just curiosity, right? Sometimes also when people are good looking, it's easier to give them a pass for things that maybe 
should not be passable. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. On top of that, at 16, his mother informed him that his father was not his actual biological father, that she had had an affair. Now, Paul took this as a free pass to call his mama a slut. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So that's what, you know, slut, give me some cereal, something (laughs) like that, right? Okay. I don't know how it worked. Paul had some baggage and that explains, I think, why he is real hung up on controlling women and wanting them to be virgins. Eh? Eh. Did I say that? Got it. Eh? Eh. So Carla was madly in love with Paul and she tried to make up for the fact that she had not saved her V card for him by doing things she thought no innocent virgin would do. So did she tell him that she wasn't a virgin? Yeah, she probably didn't know he was like so psycho about it. And why would he think he was a virgin? They banged the first night. Yeah, right. (laughs) That doesn't happen. You're a virgin. Okay. Okay. So it didn't matter what she did. It was never enough. Paul mentioned to Carla, hey, you know who actually is a hot virgin? Your 15-year-old sister, Tammy. Now, if a guy said that to me, I and I think most girls... We would run like a bat out of hell, right? Yeah. Not Carla. No. For Carla, light bulb moment. No. She thought to herself, idea, idea. She said, I will give you my sister's virginity to make up for the fact that you didn't get mine. Next best thing, right? No. What is wrong? She's mental. Well, and how was she going to do this? Well, let me tell you. She decided to make it happen on Christmas Eve of 1990. She stole some drugs. Yeah, a little Christmas present. She stole some drugs from the vet she worked at. And when her parents went to bed, they invited young Tammy to stay up and have some cocktails with them. And she laced her sister's drinks with Halcyon to make sure... I don't know. I I guess it's it's a sedative drug. Yeah. Yeah. So you would give animals. I think it's like an animal tranquilizer. Great. Mm -hmm. To make sure Tammy remained unconscious, she also held a rag over her face that was drenched in some other chemical. I know she did that, but I don't know specifically what the chemical was. Okay. Okay. And then they decided to videotape the rape. And by the way, I read an article about the course of events that night, and in it, it said some people might call what they did rape, and that really pissed me the fuck off, because I hope that we can all agree in 2020, this was rape. A hundred percent. And just to let you know, Halkion is a central nervous system depressant tranquilizer Okay. In the video, Paul proceeds to rape Tammy and it doesn't end there. He asks Carla to go down on her no sister. freaking way. Yeah, she does it. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting beyond. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul was very happy about it, but it didn't last because Tammy started to choke on her own vomit. Mm. Paul and Carla panicked, got themselves dressed, had to get Tammy dressed, 
hide the camera and the drugs. And all the while, the clock is tick, tick, ticking. And they didn't call for help until it was too late. Oh. And Tammy Homolka died Shit. on Christmas Eve. Oh, my God. Yeah. Police interviewed Carla and Paul at the scene that night together. So that prevented them from gaining any suspicion of foul play because they're like, what happened? You know, and the other one is there to confirm what the other one just said, you know? Yeah. And they didn't suspect that Carla would have any motivation to harm her little sister. Right. Right. And under the circumstances, they they never checked Tammy for drugs in her system or signs of rape. They just ruled that the death was a result of accidental alcohol poisoning. So in the following weeks after Tammy passed, Carla would dress up in her little sister's school uniform for Paul. That's let that sink in for a second. Fucking bananas. Yeah, but that wasn't enough for him. No, no, no. These two gems decided that Tammy's choking to her death was just a fluke. And since they still had leftover drugs, why not recruit some of Tammy's friends to come over and rape them while they were unconscious? Okay. Shit. They succeeded at this repeatedly. And thankfully... None of those victims died. Did they ever right? remember? No. No, they just thought that they got drunk with them and that's it? Yeah, and oh. they woke up feeling sick and weren't invited back. Okay. Okay, disturbing, right? Yeah. Well, hold on, because we're just getting started. So at some point, Carla figures out that Paul has been hiding one of his hobbies from her. And this is how I imagine that conversation went. Something like this. Okay. She says, hey, you know what, Paul? You're kind of intense. And he's like, oh, I know. I've been meaning to tell you something, babe. Don't get mad. Okay. You know how women all over town are terrified to go out at night because there's a serial rapist on the loose. They're calling him like the Scarborough rapist or something. Well, that's kind of me. And if you tell anyone or try to leave me ever, I will tell everyone that you are the one that killed Tammy. Cool. Right? Oh, my God. So he's leaving her in the middle of the night and raping women. Well, all the time. He's also raping her friends. I mean, this guy is a Mm -hmm. sick fuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Paul had actually been questioned back in July by the police about the Scarborough rapes because one of his victims, whose rape, by the way, lasted over an hour, got a good look at him over an hour. Okay. She got a good look at him and was able to have an artistic rendering of him made. And I am going to show you the pic side by side. And it's pretty undeniable. Okay, what do you think? That's bananas. Yeah, right? They look so similar. Yeah, so apparently... Multiple people, including some of Paul's own friends, went to police when the sketch was released because they thought it was him. But when police questioned him, they thought, here is this young, successful accountant. He can't be our suspect just because he's like a dead ringer for the description. And 
even his friends think he might be capable. Come on, right? This is bad police work. Uh, it's bad police work. So fortunately, they did take some DNA from him. Unfortunately, they didn't test it for a real long time. People that analyze the case theorize that the fact that Paul felt like he had fooled the police, this was when he felt like emblazoned to yeah, you know, up, up his game. Okay. Well, I can imagine because he already got away with the murder of Tammy. Mm-hmm. which now he's like, okay, well, I can go out and rape women at night. Mm-hmm. Oh, he started raping women before Tammy, to okay. be clear. All right. So he's raping women, gets away with that, murders Tammy, gets away with that, keeps on raping women. Mm-hmm. Now he's clearly gotten away with it after the police leave. Yeah. Take his DNA. He's like, oh, got it. So yeah, I can only imagine what comes next. Okay. And mind you, maybe if he would have, I'm just saying- Maybe if he would have had some repercussions for being the peeping Tom, gotten some therapy or something, things yeah. wouldn't have escalated. He was emblazoned. And so his rapes became more violent. But since him and Carla had moved to the neighboring town of Port Dalhousie, they just started taking place in a new location. And he did something that you are always preaching, Tab, and it's worth reiterating. Mostly how he got his victims was he tracked them over a period of time until he figured out their routine. And then he knew wherever they would be the most vulnerable. Yeah. Like running in the same area over and over. mm -hmm. So mix it up. Mix it up. Yeah. Okay. So Carla... She was also into bringing home victims, too, for Paul. She recruited young girls to come over, and she drugged them and had sex with them. Then Paul would rape them vaginally and anally, and the girl would wake up feeling sick and not even know what happened. Okay? On June 15, 1991, Paul brought one of his victims home to Carla. He informed her... 14-year-old Leslie Mahaffey was going to be their playmate, okay? Carla and Paul raped and tortured her for hours. It's all on tape. At one point... Did they drug her? No. Okay. This is when things escalated because they stopped just drugging the victims that came home. They just pulled them off the street you know, kept him awake, blah, 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 blah. Said, you're you going to do this. Tortured him. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to do this, whatever. So unfortunately for Leslie Mahaffey, her blindfold dropped. And so that led to them deciding <gasps> we have to kill her because she'll be able to identify us. Uh. So how they decided to do this was Carla gave her enough halcyon to knock her unconscious. And then Paul strangled her to death. They left her body in the basement while Carla's parents came over that night for dinner. Oh. And after dinner, they got to work chopping her up and mixing up her body parts into cement blocks and then dumping them at Lake Gibson. They didn't actually do that efficient of a job concocting the blocks because they were discovered by a fisherman about two weeks later. And Leslie was identified by her dental records. Oh, so sad. 
So sad. Yeah. Okay. The day Leslie's body was pulled out of the lake was a big day for Carla and Paul. It was actually their wedding day. Now, guess what type of wedding they had? I don't even, I can't even <laughs> imagine what type of wedding these two fucking freaks well, had. It was 1991. Carla wore a gigantic poofy sleeve dress. Bangs to match and veil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Big, big one. Okay. All white. Was she an all white, like a virgin? Oh yeah. All white, like know. a virgin. Oh yeah. And, but then blue eyeshadow to really top it all off. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The wedding must've set them back a pretty penny because they rolled up in a horse drawn carriage Oh, and the guests dined on veal stuffed pheasant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fancy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not my, not my kind of fancy. Not but. my thing either. Okay. Right. Okay. So Paul and Carla have clearly established themselves as serial rapists. We can all agree. But to become a serial killer, it takes three murders to get that title. Right. They only have two. So they made sure that that happened. On April 19th, 1992, the newlyweds were driving around the town of St. Catharines, where they had been stalking young girls walking home from school. Carla asked Kristen French to help her look at a map and give her directions while they were in a church parking lot. And then Paul snuck up and restrained her with a knife to her throat. This time, it's apparent they never planned on letting her live because they never even bothered blindfolding her. Oh, my God. These two, like, how do you get to the point where you find two people that like to do this together? Like, I don't understand that. One sicko, but, you know, they found each other and they're both like that. mm -hmm. Mind boggling to me. Yeah. After torturing her for hours, including urinating on her, Paul strangled her to death. And then... I'm back again talking about Rakuten. Rakuten is where it's at. It is the smartest way to shop. Members earn cash back on everything they buy and can maximize savings by stacking cash on top of other deals like store sales and coupons. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores like Walmart, Urban Outfitters, Expedia, places you already shop for sure. So why not be saving while doing it? How it works is the stores pay a commission for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the commission with its members. You can paid via check or PayPal quarterly. Rakuten has over 17 million members saving and Rakuten members have earned over 4.6 billion in cash back. Membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cash back really adds up. Clink, clink. Fun fact, listeners. Actually, not so fun fact. Did you know we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic a week? Yep, that's right. The products we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. 
So Blue Land set out to do something about it by eliminating the need for single-use plastics in the products we reach for the most. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful, cohesive design that look great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Refills start at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. It's really a game changer because it's such a space saver in my crazy life. No more bulky bottles of liquid filling up my cabinets and my Costco cart. I love it. And you will love this. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this. blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash clink to get 15% off. They went to go have Easter dinner at Carla's parents' home. The next day, they dumped her naked body in a ditch. Crutchy. This is a real yeah. heavy case. Yeah, I, I told you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the timing, it's Easter time right now as we're recording this. So yeah, sad. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So over time, it's not surprising that Paul had become physically abusive to Carla. Uh, really abusive. The thing about this is I do feel a level of compassion for her because it's impossible not to after I show you this picture. But I just want to make it clear that in no way am I implying that she's not guilty AF and really, really, really sick. If she had played a role in my child's death, I would want her locked up for life. Forever. Oh, holy heck. Yeah. Those are her black eyes. Yeah. This picture is from the beating that Carla actually reported to the police. He left her with two black eyes Mm -hmm. and broken ribs. So they arrested him and he served one whole night in jail. So at this point, it's 1993 and Carla is fed up with being Paul's punching bag and apparently calls his bluff on him telling her family that she is responsible for her little sister's death, which he had been holding over her head. So she moves out of the house and it's now been two years since police took a DNA sample from Paul and they finally got around to testing it. Holy and two years, two years and they got a match. Okay. Surprise. Matches. Yeah. They got matches to the rapes and murders. This was all the first time that they had put it together, that it was the same person Mm. responsible for raping and murdering. And the first time they put it together, that it was the same person in three neighboring towns. I mean, apparently before that, they thought that like rapists like have like boundaries. Yeah. They only go to one city. (laughs) Yeah. Like if somebody raped somebody in St. Catharines, they're not going to do it in neighboring Scarborough or like whatever. Yeah. Right. Again, not great police worker. They knew they had their man, but they wanted more evidence against Paul. So they brought in his now estranged wife, Carla. I'm sure they did this, never imagining that she had a role in any of his crimes, right? But when they brought her in, Carla got real nervous during questioning. And since one of the clients at the vet clinic where she worked at was a fancy lawyer, She retained her right away. 
Carla disclosed to her lawyer that there were tapes and she was scared. So the lawyer negotiated a deal for her quickly. So she would, that she would give them Paul in exchange for leniency. Okay. Just leniency, not. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you the details of how it worked out, but yeah. Okay. Saying, okay. So Carla wrote a letter to her parents telling them that her and Paul were both responsible for Tammy's death. In the letter, she tells them how Paul was emotionally and physically abusive to her, and she knows that they can't understand what he put her through, but she can never forgive herself. Her parents have forgiven her, by the way. According to her, they hate what she did, but they love her. Okay. It's one of those again. That would be real tough. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So they arrested Paul and finally search his house and they find loads of evidence. He had kept a diary of descriptions of all of his victims and they found one videotape of Carla having sex with a woman while Paul watched, but not the tapes of the victims that Carla had told police existed. Paul had hidden them in the ceiling and they had searched there, but not reached back far enough like it was like hidden in the you know they felt around but didn't i mean okay haven't you seen enough movies that's you got to get all up in there get in there get in there yeah okay you can after the search warrant had expired paul sent his lawyer over to the house and his lawyer took possession of the tapes This was a big deal because without the tapes, there wasn't knowledge of the extent of Carla's involvement. So her lawyer was able to get the plea deal done really quickly. She was given two 12-year sentences with the option of parole for manslaughter and kidnapping. And she was able to serve both sentences concurrently. So 12 years with parole. That's what she got. That's real lenient for being a serial killer and rapist yeah yeah okay well i will tell you how those 12 years panned out in a minute but i want to get back to paul so even though paul had told his lawyer like go get these tapes but uh don't watch them Mm -hmm. well he watched them he watched them yeah like i would i would also Yeah, you want to know who you're, I mean, do you really want to give somebody like this the opportunity to get out of jail? Well, you never know. Some lawyers, there's a lawyer for everyone, right? Okay, well, he apparently, though, is a real good one, and he couldn't stomach it, so he withdrew himself as Paul's lawyer, and he handed the tapes over to the authorities, okay? And is that legal? Can you do that? I don't know what it's. I don't know, but it's Canada. Listen, things are things are different in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I think you have a more you have a moral obligation at this point, especially after you see. And let me tell you, I am. I have read transcripts of what happened on the tapes, Mm -hmm. and I am sparing you the details. But I mean, it's ugly shit. Okay. Okay. Take my word for it. I'm going to. 
So at the at Paul's trial, the tapes were played so the jury could see them, but the public could only hear them. Okay. Okay. Which I think is good. Right? Yes, and poor jury. I mean, yeah, for the families for and everything. Life. Oh yeah, right. So this is the point where the public really turned on Carla. I mean, naturally, the whole time there has been a lot of rage and hate for Paul, but up until then, she was seen as like the abused wife. Right. Okay. And compiled with the the fact that they knew that she had gotten like a pretty light sentence, they figured, you know, oh, well, she was maybe complicit, but they didn't think she actually played a role. But once they heard the audio of her enthusiastically raping and torturing these girls and having many, many opportunities to let them go, they turned on her. Okay. Yeah. But Her deal was irrevocable under Canada law, so she served her 12 years and was released in 2005. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So now Paul is still in prison. He received life with the possibility of parole. No way. Do they not have, like, without parole there? No, they do. And it looks like he will never be granted it. But because there is possibility, I mean, it's it's like torture that families have to go and testify at all these parole hearings. Yeah, you know, so ridiculous. Yeah, it's lame. Also, what is super crazy, I read, is that there is a possibility that this whole being a serial rapist thing has not stopped him from having sex with ladies. What do you mean? As in, well, let me tell you, as insane as it is to think of, he's one of those killers that has like prison groupies okay you know yeah i guess because he's good looking so it's like a scott peterson thing yeah i guess so um one of these ladies has even sent like threatening letters to the victim's families no like they haven't been yeah she's a real gem okay there are so many sick people out there i can't even take it okay so at one of paul's latest parole hearings in October of 2018, there was a suggestion that Paul had had conjugal visits since he's been in prison. Okay. Mm -hmm. Canada is real protective of their inmates. They don't make their medical or their visitation records like public information. But what happened was at the parole hearing, There was something about his psychologist testifying, saying that there was a five-week period of time where Paul was involved in one of these romances with the prison groupie. Okay. And he began masturbating incessantly. And the psychologist found that real concerning. You know, I imagine it was like, he'll re-offend. Don't release him. A hundred percent. Yeah, he can't take the nookie. So anyways, when reporters asked the correctional services in Canada, like, what's that about? They said that Paul has the right to privacy, so we're not going to tell you for sure that he has had conjugal visits in the clink, but we will tell you a lot of our lifers do get them. It doesn't matter if they're married or not there, apparently. Bananas, right? Yeah, that's really... Like, he is a violent offender, and they're going to put him alone in a room with a woman. That's just so crazy. What is this wrong? Crazy. Come on, Canada. It's crazy. Just crazy. Okay. 
So, like I said, he will likely never get out of prison, but since serving his sentence, they have connected him to dozens of rapes and attacks. Okay. Mm-hmm. He keeps kind of spilling the tea on himself too. Like he keeps, there's actually videos of him talking to police in, um, on YouTube because he thinks if he get, tells them enough truth, they're going to let him out. Yeah. Not happening. So I think, and they're kind of like leading him on, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Carla served her time. She had a series of relationships with other inmates mm-hmm. while she was locked up. There is a lot of debate over her. Some psychologists theorize she is actually the mastermind behind the murders. They think that that wasn't Paul's thing. That's Carla's thing. And they diagnose her as a sociopath. Yeah. Okay. When she was released, she gave an interview. It was in French, Mm -hmm. but there are subtitles. I watched it. Um. She just seems like apathetic. Maybe she's just really guarded. But in my opinion, it was like she had no emotion at all. Well, when you say apathetic, it's probably just the French language because it sounds so beautiful. And also, yeah, it was in French. I mean, you know, right? Yeah. Okay. So in 2004, a movie called Carla came out Mm -hmm. about her. Laura Prepon. You know who that is? No. She's like an origin in the new black and stuff. Well, that's fitting since Carla was in jail and having relationships in prison. Well, she played her. She plays Carla, right? I watched it. It's on Amazon Prime. Okay. It definitely leans towards Carla was the manipulated victim of Paul's. I didn't think that the movie was, after taking a deep dive into the case, that it was super accurate. I didn't even find it that entertaining. Okay. Okay. So a waste of time. So it's kind of a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Carla married her lawyer's brother. And not too long after she was released, she changed her name and had her first of three children and relocated to the Caribbean island of Guadalupe in 2007. With this lawyer's brother? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. He's a good-looking guy, too. I've seen his picture. I, I don't... She still have the bangs? No, she does not. No, mm-hmm. she does not. She actually is... I hate to say she's aged well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. After it was discovered she was living there, she moved to Quebec. And we know this for sure because her sister had to testify as to her whereabouts in court. She has another sister. Yeah, she has a sister named Lori. Okay. Okay. So why, you might ask? Yeah, Did why? her sister have to do this? Okay. Well, let me tell you. Okay. Remember that part in the Netflix documentary, Don't Fuck With Cats, where Luca Magnata said he was sick of all the rumors he obviously made up himself about being engaged to Canada's most hated female killer? Yes. That was Carla. No way. Yeah. And Luca had used her sister Lori's address as the return address when he mailed body parts to the prime minister. Oh, shit balls. Yeah. So Lori had to testify that she had never had any contact with Luca, Luca. right? But she did say that she had seen her sister recently. So oh, 
So she had to They're all forgiven. Yeah. Okay. In 2017, she made headlines again when parents at the private school her children were attending in Montreal became aware of who she was and that she was volunteering at the school. Oh, they had a problem with that. Hell no. Okay. So I'm not sure if her children are still at that school, but at the time, the school said like, okay, we won't let her volunteer anymore. In their defense, they said, and I'm not defending them. I'm just saying this is what they said in their defense. Mm -hmm. They said she was never unsupervised with children, but we liked the fact that she brought her dog to school. The kids really enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> what does that have to do with the price of tea in I don't China? Know. That's, that was the that was the the school's defense. Okay. okay. So it caused a big divide in the parents at the school because it's a religious school. It's a Seventh Day Adventist school. Oh, actually. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. They can't dance. They're not allowed. Oh, to really? Dance. Yeah, the Seventh Day Adventists. No, it's a thing. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I'm not very familiar with them. Except I think that like Saturday is their jam, not Sunday. I think so too. And I know my friend growing up was a Seventh-day Adventist and went to one of those schools and they could, I know they weren't allowed to have school dances. That's what I know. Yeah. But I think also, you know, a lot of people send their kids to religious private schools that aren't even, it's not even their religion. Yeah. Uh, The Catholic school here has a lot of Jewish kids because it's a good school. And so, yeah, okay. That's what it is. So who knows, right? Okay, but some of the parents were like, we're forgiving people, so we're going to forgive and, you know, let it go. And other parents were like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And so the school actually asked those families that had a problem with Carla to not come back the following year. Oh, shit. Wow. I think I would, if I was Seventh-day Adventist at that point, I would not be anymore. I Okay, this is what I think. I think that maybe the parents should have, when they became aware of who she was, gone to the school and said, listen, we're not comfortable with her volunteering at the school because she She's kidnapped 14-year-old girls. killer and killed yeah. people? Yeah, maybe. But the problem is, is that these parents went to the media. Oh, and so, and they, I, I but think maybe they did, they did like, go to the school it. at first. Maybe they did, you know, it's like, and the school did nothing. So they were like, we're going to go to the media. I don't know, but I do feel, I do. I feel sorry for her kids because it's like, it's not their fault. No. It's yeah. Not. Yeah. And what, so no, they can't have any friends because of this. I know that's sad. Yeah, I, I wish she would not have had children because I feel sorry for them. Yeah, me too. It's unfortunate that people like her are allowed to have children. And there are people that are so fit to be mothers that have a hard time or cannot conceive. I just can't wrap my mind around stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a wrap. Well, okay. So thanks for that, Gretchy. That was real depressing. Mm -hmm. It's a distraction from the Rona. I'm sure now I'm going to go throw up after listening to that. Okay. Now we're going to insert a little piece of 
what we did on Julia Barbary's podcast. And if you guys want to hear the rest of it, please head over to Ask Jillian. You can find it wherever you found this podcast, whichever it is, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. She's on them all. And you can hear the rest of our episode here. Thanks for having us first and foremost. We are just like you and passionate about true crime. Yes. As weird as that sounds. Were you young when you got into it? Yes. High school. Yeah. Mine was grade school. I was 11 and I brought in Helter Skelter as like the show and tell. I was sent home. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. I stayed up in junior high and watched an exorcism on 2020. And I thought it was so fascinating. I cannot believe my parents let me do this. <laughs> and then 2020, that was my that was your jam you know, little date yep. with my party. All right, I'm the yeah. odd man out. I'm not a true crime fan because I'm a scaredy cat, born and raised Catholic, and not exposed to all this stuff. Obviously, an inappropriate age. I guess like what all of I you. was born and raised Catholic. <laughs> so was Gretchen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a case I'm really familiar with. I grew up with it in the 90s, very close to my home. They're called the Ken and Barbie Killers, which I hate that name because, you know, and it connotates they're beautiful and they're so ugly on the inside. But uh, if you are in Canada, you know the origins of the story. It's Paul Bernardo and Carla Hermalka, who in the late 80s, before the murder spree started, he was the Scarborough rapist. So when I was going to high school, Uh, not far from Scarborough, we were all terrified um, as teenagers. And then he started, I guess, dating Carla in the late 80s, early 90s. And they killed her sister. And then they killed a girl from my hometown, Burlington. That was uh, Leslie Mahaffey, like about three miles from my house. And then they abducted Kristen French in Niagara Falls in a church parking lot. And they dumped her body in Burlington. Kristen French went to Catholic high school and she was a figure skater like me. So I felt like I had so much in common with her. Uh, But Leslie was 15 and um, what Kristen was 14 and the Tammy, the sister was 15. So I have so many connections to this case and I know so much about it. Tell me what you guys know about the case and you know, it's outraged Canadians because she's out. Carla Hermalka is out. She has three kids. Like it's making Canadians crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was volunteering at schools. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, go back a little bit because born and raised in California myself, I have never heard of this crime and it sounds absolutely horrendous. So maybe Gretchen and Tabitha can talk about it. Yeah, Gretchen. Yeah. What is just so I think keeps people interested in this case is that it's so unique in the fact that he was already this Scarborough rapist. The first rape that we know that he committed was in 1987, and that was in May. And then in October, he met Carla Homolka, and he had continued to rape women over all these years until 1990. They killed her sister. And what he would do, he would wait for them to get off buses and be alone, and he would hide in the shrubs. And then he would take them in. But he never killed anybody at that point. Yeah. Right. Until he started dating Carla. No, it didn't until the sister. And then they actually videotaped their rapes and what escalated into the murders. And they actually suspect that he's involved in a few more murders. They exhumed Tammy's body. What happened was the parents believed it was Christmas Eve. They got her drunk. She was 15. Uh, Carla worked at a veterinarian, so she was able to get ketamine and the sulfate. And 
They put it over Tammy's face. And by the Is time- Is Tammy her sister? Her yes. sister. And he sort of, she gave yes. him as a gift, right? Uh, her yes. virginity to her- The virginity. He was really hung virgins. up on virgins. And she so, wasn't a virgin when they met. And so he was upset about it. So she said, why don't I give you my sister instead? That's right. Oh my God. And not only did they- do horrible acts upon Tammy while she was passed out. She was involved as well. And her sister was um, on her period, the 15 year old and Carla still performed sexual acts on her sister. When they put the, like a chloroform essentially over her mouth, they burned her whole face. And when she wouldn't come to, and they figured she was dead, they called the parents down, they called the police and they said they dragged her to try to resuscitate her. And she got rug burn and everybody bought it. And they buried her and they were at the funeral. And by the way, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but yeah, they buried her and no one suspected. They loved Paul Bernardo. The family thought he was fine. Yeah, I want to go back to that. You all probably know. How did Carla and Paul meet? Because obviously, yeah, you have two psychopaths. You have two. At a bar. It's incredible that they found each other. They, yeah, it was some, it was, she was at a vet mm. conference in Scarborough in and she was out, yeah, with a friend and he walked in. And that was that. And they had sex that night. And he is good looking. Yep. So mm-hmm. they are a good looking couple on the mm-hmm. outside, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, very ugly on the inside. Ugly on the inside. And it is so ironic to me that those two people found each other and they're both so sick. It, it is. Uh, well, as soon as someone says, hey, your 15-year-old sister is one hot yeah. virgin, that would send most people running. Yes. Was that their first crime together or had they committed? Yeah. Yes. Oh, sister. my God. Her sister was the first person that she participated in one of his crimes. That, that is, is correct. And that was in, yes. the, it was Christmas Eve yes. of 19... 19- 91 1990 1990 and then 91 in april is when they abducted leslie i think that sounds right yes now the worst part about this story is that leslie mahaffey was at a party and her parents had warned her because she was 15 that her curfew was a certain time and she had to be in by 11 p.m and that was that and her mother decided to lock the doors and she said to her husband no matter what we're not letting her in so Leslie came home at about midnight and the door was locked. So she went back to Max Milk, a Max Milk that I used to go to all the time. And she had a, used the payphone and called her friend and said, you have to come get me. And they said, I can't go back. And she's like, oh, fuck, I can't go back home. My mom locked me out. And she's like, her friend said, I can't do anything about it. So she walked home and she was going around the back, trying to get in the patio, nothing. And then she came out front and there was a car parked. I figure he followed her very slowly from Max Milk. But um, he said to her, hey, do you want a cigarette? Or do you have a light for a cigarette or something, right? And Yeah, they smoked a cigarette together. And she willingly got, and in, she his got car. in his car. And he drove to St. Catharines, which is about a 45-minute drive from Burlington. So the whole time, you know, she's panicking. Oh. He drove her home to Carla. Yeah. So what was it like at that time? Because he was the Scarborough rapist. But they didn't know that. Three years. Police didn't know. Okay. And so for us living there, and I was just moving to Montreal in 1990, 91. So I remember hearing about a girl from my hometown when I was moving. Uh, I was 
five years older than her. And I, I remember feeling horrible. I know her high school and her haunts. I know where she lived. And um, it was just a really sad case, you know, and nobody knew anything. Turns out they it was a house of horrors in St. Catharines that they had bought uh, and they had kept her literally caged up. Tortured. They tortured her. Tortured. Yeah. They tortured her. How old were Carla and Paul? Because, it, I mean, it sounds like she worked at a veterinarian office. She had a career. She was 21? Yeah, oh, and her sister young. was only 15. She was 21 when they found. She started dating Paul when she was still she, actually a senior in right. high school. Oh, so, so he was some volunteer, a little assistant at the veterinarian office? Yeah. Okay, got it. And got he it. was 23. Mm-hmm. He was six years older, yeah. And so they brought Leslie back, and then they... um tortured her they think for a day Kristen was longer but for a day and then they literally chopped her up into pieces in the basement into 14 pieces and they bought a but he bought a bunch of cement and then they had her parents over for easter dinner that's right yeah that same night when leslie's chopped up body was downstairs what was i mean also holidays seem to be yeah it christmas was eve easter i mean good lord yeah yeah christmas eve easter i, I mean know. this is insanity I, I still am so surprised that her first victim was her own sister i mean that is just well you know it, it, it will come out later and how the family feels about it because the mother still supports her the sister they have, they have an older sister mm-hmm. Lori. She's still supportive. By the way, Carla has changed her name to many times, but Leanne Teal, I think, is the latest. You know what Mm -hmm. I found interesting when I was looking this up was that he changed his last name to Teal as well. And even though they're divorced, she still took on that last name, which is real sick still. Isn't that something? Yes. They got married at some point? Oh, not only did they get married, the day they found Leslie Mahaffey's body in a place called Lake Gibson, which, you know my sister Dawn, Mm -hmm. she drives by Lake Gibson every day to go to work still. Two fishermen found her body. They found limbs sticking out of cement, and they finally found her torso and head. Um, They got married on the day that Leslie Mahaffey's body was pulled from Lake Gibson in 14 pieces. They got married that day. Crazy. Like horse-driven carriage, the whole shebang. It is kind of interesting also when you said, Liz, like that the sister was her first crime. Okay, Gretch. That yeah. was that for all of that. Thanks so much for telling us that great story. Oh, yeah. And it was so great to talk to Jillian and Liz. They're like... The coolest chicks ever. I love them. And yeah. I love how Liz just kind of like reins it in, brings it back. She's Yeah, she's really great. She's really great. She is so funny. And um, she's like, I'm probably not going to be able to sleep after that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I actually really would love her to come to CrimeCon with us just for my personal entertainment. Oh, my God. And she's like, I got to go. I got to go uh, do 10 Hail Marys. <laughs> she's so fun. And Jillian was so nice to have us on. So thank you again, Jillian and Liz, if you are listening to this. And thank you guys all for listening to us. We so appreciate it, especially during this Rona. And I wanted to just tell you, Gretchie Poo, a couple people that have given us a rating or a review. 
So if you guys want to review us, we would really appreciate it. We'll give you a shout out. And that's the way that we can grow. Kelly in Wisconsin, she gives us a five star. And she says, love you, ladies. Her sister got her hooked. And she's says she does daily walks and listens to us. So that's a real good way. Yeah. Beachy Breezy. She loves us. We are the best to her. Well, thank you so much. And I don't know if we said any others. Twisted by Jay. Sounds like you're kind of person. <laughs> Lisa Polly. Uh, we got we did get one three star Gretchy, which I know you hate. Why are we talking about it? I know. I don't want to know. But listen, the person gave us a three star. But they said, wait for the good stuff. I guess they don't like our talking in the beginning. So, so sorry. It's seven minutes. If you guys Yeah, wanna... so eat a dick. Fast forward through the first seven minutes and keep it to yourself. Your review. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't read them. And... That's so mean. This is a business. T- and listen, times are rough out there, yo. I know. And they're giving us a bad I review. I mean, fuck. Why don't you just save your bad reviews for restaurants? They're doing great. Hitting, but it's the same thing. Totally heartless. <laughs> oh, Dick. God. I mean, three stars, not a one star. Whatever. I'd rather a one star because you know what it's like. No, you know, no, no, no. We, oh, would not, we would not rather a one star, okay? <laughs> if you are going to give us a bad review, four or three stars, fine. Oh, but we, we should probably cut the whole thing. What do you think? <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't think people should know how I feel. Uh, yeah, telling them to eat a dick. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, guys, if you do love us, we would love for you to give us a review. That'd be great. And we are just trying to make it by on this you know, every day is a day. Thank you so much for listening to us. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We also have a Facebook group, Housewives of True Crime group. I know I say this all the time, but you guys, people are always saying, I didn't know you guys had a group too. So, you know, it sounded like a broken record, but we also get new listeners. You know, I can't wait. I'm going to be way more active in the group with uh, crime and stuff like that. I just uh, had quite the week with homeschool. Yeah, you have not been active in the group at all. No, I haven't. But I'm sorry. I had to catch up on life. But I um, am pretty caught up. So I'm I'm getting back to it. Okay, good. Oh, shitballs. My kid's five minutes late for their uh, reading group. Okay, okay. Later. Bye. Clink, clink. Clink, clink.